How many times did you hear this growing up? You need to eat a balanced diet. You need to eat plenty of fruits and vegetables. You need to eat lots of whole grains. You remember the food pyramid. And now there's this my plate thing. Guys, what if it's been a lie? What if there was only one macronutrient that our body's supposed to live off of? What if we only needed fat? Then you could just eat bacon, just avocado, just butter. Guys, what if that's the miracle and the answer to all of the diseases and everything that's ever wrong in human life? Well, that's some of the claims of the ketogenic diet and some of the crazy ketoers out there. Um, we're going to talk about it today. Today we're bringing on my wife who has a degree in nutrition science. We've both done a ton of research for this episode and we're going to get into it on today's Carpool Chemistry. Hey guys, welcome back to Carpool Chemistry and this week's episode of the Ketogenic Diet. So, uh, really quick, just to let you know, this is going to be a two-part episode. Uh, with all the research me and my wife have done, uh, we just couldn't fit it all in an hour and a half or less. So, we're going to be splitting it up. Uh, I'll give you an overview of this week's episode and maybe a little bit of what's going to come next week. So, a little bit of an overview. First off, we got to define what the ketogenic diet is, what is keto, what's ketosis, what's going on there. We're going to talk about the history of the diet. Um, we're going to get into some basic nutrition, you know, what's a protein, what's a fat, what's a carb. Then we're going to get into a little more deep uh, discussion of the biochemistry of what's going on in our metabolism and uh, how does this whole ketogenic diet fit into that. And then at the very end, we're going to talk about how we've gone about researching for this topic. And uh, it'll kind of be a discussion between me and my wife, uh, Samantha, about how we've researched and what happens when you just Google search something like keto diet um, and what comes up and how to decipher through all of that. So... Uh, it's going to be an exciting episode, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Are you looking forward to it, Sam? Sure am. Okay, let's get in. So let's start off this episode with an introduction of my wife, Sam. Sam, hi. Welcome to Carpool Chemistry. Give an introduction of yourself. Uh, hi, my name is Samantha, and I am married to this crazy dude that likes to do podcasts. Is that it? That's all you're going to introduce yourself as? No, I uh, I also, the reason Colton is bringing me on today is I also have a degree um, in nutrition science, so I was able to help him out with some of this research. So where did you get your degree? Uh, BYU. Just BYU? Well, I was also Utah State. Okay, so she's got two, two universities. Uh, just saying, you got them both under your belt. Okay, so now that we've got an introduction of my wife out of the way, let's uh, let's talk about keto. 
what is the ketogenic diet? Okay, so a ketogenic diet is, most definitions are going to say less than 5% of your daily intake of calories should come from carbohydrates, um, and they say less than 50 grams a day of carbohydrates. Um, they do suggest getting adequate protein, uh, but not know if we're doing it, and basically fat makes up the rest of the intake of your diet. So out of the macronutrients, you're definitely getting way higher proportion of fat. And the reason for this um, is they claim they want for weight loss and for other things, you're trying to induce ketosis, which is the metabolic state when you break down fat. So why do they call it ketogenic? Why do they call it ketosis? What is keto? What does that mean? It stands for ketones, which is the breakdown byproduct of fat. It's a ketone or ketones. So yeah, basically you're going to form these ketone bodies. Um, these ketone bodies are things like acetone. When you break down fats, you break them into acetone. Um, let me look it up really quick. I had it and then I swept it away. Let's see. Oh, okay. So acetone, beta hydroxybutyrate, and acetoacetate are going to be the three ketones that you're producing to form ketosis. So uh, with that, let's get into the history a little bit of the keto diet. So from everything that I've read, uh, it kind of goes back to ancient uh, Greece. And basically they kind of discovered that if somebody was epileptic and if they would fast for a time, their epilepsy got better. And they didn't understand why, but they, they noticed that. As time went on, we get all the way to the 1920s before we start figuring it out that uh, it was because during fasting, the body would start to break down fats and form these ketones. And these ketones would help with epilepsy. So, um, you have these dietitians and these scientists working together to produce a diet, because it's not good if you're epileptic to just starve all the time, right? <laughs> you can't, you no. have to eat something. It'd be very bad. So they've developed a diet that uh, can kind of mimic starving. And that's the ketogenic diet. It's straight, it's almost straight fat with just enough protein and carbs for you to barely live. Um, what? <laughs> I mean, not barely live, but to supply adequate growth protein still to meet your body's needs. Um, and yeah, like carbohydrates, you have to have a certain amount to not go into ketoacidosis. So what, so maybe let's discuss that a little bit. What, I mean, you hear that a lot, especially, um, around diabetics. What is ketoacidosis? Uh, so ketones we talked about have a certain pH. Um, so when they enter the bloodstream, so your body breaks down fats, they enter the bloodstream, um, and they can change the pH of your blood. Make, they can make it acidic. Um, it becomes a problem for diabetics because diabetics do not have a way, um, well, type 1 especially, 
they do not have a way to uh, uptake sugar into their cells. So then their body um, produces um, hormones that signal to break down fats. And then what the body does is start, starts doing the metabolism of breaking down fats. Um, and then, like we said, the byproduct is ketones that enter the bloodstream. They build up and build up and build up. Um, and then we start getting them excreted in the urine. It changes the pH of the blood. Um, and it's a really scary metabolic state for, for them. And that, that's basically what diabetics died from um, before we had insulin. So what's the difference between ketosis and ketoacidosis? Uh, basically, it's just the amount of ketones in the bloodstream. So are... I mean, these ketones are producing, they're acidic in nature. Um, is your blood acidic in ketosis? Well, from what I've studied, <laughs> yes, uh, your blood is acidic in ketosis. Uh, and that's why, we'll, we'll get into studies later. But yeah, so we got off track a little bit. This is... Uh, this was supposed to be the history of the ketogenic diet, so I guess we'll get back to that. So we're in the 20s. They're using this diet to help with epilepsy. Then uh, comes chemistry, and they invent drugs that uh, are anticonvulsants. And they make it so kids don't have to be on this shitty keto diet that is very limiting. Um, so the keto diet kind of goes away for a while. comes back in the 70s as uh, there's it's it's the con anti-convulsants aren't working for as, everyone. Yeah, they're not working for everybody. So this keto diet comes back and uh, now, in the present time, dietitians are still using the keto diet as a way to control epilepsy. And they're, they're actually starting to find that it can help with other neurodegenerative diseases. And we'll talk about those in a little bit. Um, now, so that, that's where we're at today. Today, not only is it like it's used in medicine to help kids with neurodegenerative diseases and epilepsy, but it's also used uh, by people that don't like being fat anymore. And so, <laughs> they, <laughs> so people everywhere have found this keto diet and they're just buying avocados and coconut oil and bacon and they're just having like... It's like a 70s Coke party. They're just snorting Coke, like, snorting coconut oil, just rubbing avocados everywhere. They're doing, they're, they're bathing in bacon, and everybody's just, you know, not only are they doing that, they're trying to rub it in everybody else's faces that they get to eat bacon on their diet. So that's where we're at today, is uh, people, like they always do, have taken something that's used for one thing, and they've used it for another, and they've blown it way out of proportion. So that's what a fad diet is. Yeah, it's so. Sam, before we, 
I also really like the imagery you provided us. That's what I was trying to do. Uh So, we were obviously both biased. Um, People being obnoxious can make me be biased. Yes. Uh, What was your bias? What was your thoughts on the keto diet before doing this research? Uh, I don't know if I found out very much that was new. But I definitely do always lean towards the side of if it's a restrictive diet, it's a fad diet. As in, if it's restricting a certain nutrient that we have researched and studied as being great for you, then I'm, I'm going to be very, very skeptical about it. See, and for me, I, like, I had never heard of the keto diet till I had family members go on it. And they started going on it and try. I mean, if you're a family member listening to this, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but it took like right now keto is not only is it a diet, but it's a pyramid scheme, and people are trying to make money off of it. It's like it's like those like a lot of those like uh, security sales, a lot of those pest control sales, like. If you get three people to do this, then you'll make tons of money and you'll make six figures. Yeah, like, it's just a pyramid scheme. And anytime something turns into a pyramid scheme, I think it's... a lot of misinformation. Yeah, and most of the time, if I, I go a general rule of thumb. If it's super popular, it's probably bullshit. So, that's that's my take on it, and that's what I went into this. And basically, anybody, anything anybody told me about keto, I was like... Yeah, that's that's definitely BS. That's not true. So, by the end of this, you'll see how we've changed, if we have changed, our biases and our minds. So, let's get into the actual biochemistry and nutrition of this diet. And we're going to kind of go over a little bit of just how our body functions normally in metabolism. Okay, so here we're going to kind of give an overview Um we're going to go over the three major, well, three macro macromolecules in nutrition. Sam's going to kind of give an overview of what they mean to a nutritionist, and then I'm going to kind of give a biochemistry view on those macromolecules. So, Sam, take it away. Start with, with, with everyone you want. All right, let's start with carbs. Um, so, your sources of carbohydrates are grains and uh, starchy vegetables like potatoes and corn, uh, rice, basically any grain you can think of, it's going to contain a lot of carbohydrate. Uh, Also your fruits and vegetables uh, also contain carbohydrates as well. That's where most of the calories come from with those. So what is a carbohydrate? Carbohydrates are made up of sugars. So our simple sugars, uh, we have glucose and galactose and fructose, um, those can be linked together into disaccharides and also linked together into big molecules, um, which the, which are starches. So a bunch of those simple sugars all linked together are starches, um, and we store glycogen in our body, which is a bunch of glucose linked together, linked together that gets stored in our liver. Okay. And then, so I've, what about fiber? Fiber is also a... Polysaccharide. Yeah. So fiber is also a bunch of sugars linked together. 
but they're linked a little bit differently and we don't have the mis machinery in our body to break it down. So fiber is really great for our digestive system, but we don't digest it. It's like a squeegee on your intestines. Just yeah, like a squeegee. Pulls everything out. Um, okay, so from a biochemistry standpoint, so carbohydrates a lot of times equal energy in the body. Um, carbohydrates like glucose uh, get broken down and get transformed into a different molecule through a series of different reactions called ATP and we use ATP to do different other chemical reactions in our cells. That is my son in the background making noises. Um, so carbohydrates they provide energy for us. They also can uh, be signaling molecules between our cells. So very important that way. So what about proteins, Sam? Uh, so your main dietary sources of protein, um, any meat you eat is obviously going to be very high in protein. Um, dairy products, um, legumes like beans, peas, uh, and then even your grains uh, have some protein in them as well. Yeah, everything, everything's going to have protein. Um, so, just a small note. Uh, a lot of people think that like, vegans can't get enough protein or they don't get the right... I shouldn't say vegans. Vegetarians. Vegans, vegetarian. I don't know. They're, I get confused on the difference. How can they... Like, like, why are proteins important? Proteins are important because they are how we grow, first of all, like you, our body is made up of proteins, um, and so we need them for growth and basically to make up the machinery of our cells. Yeah. So why, why would it be important for, like, how can a vegetarian, because there's certain, there's certain amino acids, which is what proteins are made of. They're made of these things called amino acids. There's 20 essential ones. There's 20 uh, amino acids that we have to have in our bodies. And most of the time, we can get all of those from other animals by eating other animals. How does a vegetarian or a vegan do that? So, like I said, um, proteins are also found um, in are other sources like legumes and whole grains. So when a, someone's a vegan or, vegan or vegetarian, they make, they eat a combination of vegetables or grains that make a complete protein, meaning they contain the 20 amino acids in the right proportions. So if someone eats rice and beans, you know, that makes a complete protein. So, and, and that's, that's why we it's easy to eat meat. I'm not saying like that you have to, but eating meat, those animals have the necessary enzymes to, uh, they, they can change whatever they need to into the amino acids that they need. And then we eat them and we steal their amino acids. Um, we steal them. We steal them. Kind of. I'm killing an animal and eating its flesh. I'm kind of stealing its amino acids that it made. You do the same thing with vegetables. It's true, except for they're not as good at it. Anyways, so from a biochemistry standpoint, like I said, I've already kind of talked about amino acids. They make up these proteins. Um, 
proteins are essential. Uh, they are like the machinery in our cells. They're like if our cells were a house, carbohydrates are like the electricity to the house. Proteins are like your appliances. They're the ones doing the work. They, you know, they're the ones that are replicating all our DNA. They're the ones that are like cutting things up. Proteins are like power tools in our cells. So they're very essential. What about lipids, Sam? Okay, our favorite macronutrient for a keto diet. Um, so fats, they're lipids. They get stored in adipose tissue in our cells. Um, great sources of fats uh, include... Uh, animal products. Yeah, animal products will have, like red meat will have a lot of fat. Um, oils. Yep, oils, like olive oils. Butter, oil. coconut oil. Yes. All your oils, motor oil. Yeah, if we are ingesting that, which we're not, but you know. It's not the same thing. I know. That it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, lipids are important. From a biochemistry standpoint, um, lipids, like I said, if, if we're going with the house analogy, lipids are the walls of the house. And... Uh, that's what makes up our cell our cell membranes is lipids. Lipids surround our organelles, the little tiny uh, parts inside of our cells. They surround those. Um, they make up membranes. They're also used as signaling molecules so our cells can talk to each other. Um, so they're very, very important. So if all of these things are important, Sam. Yes. How do diets work? Are you talking why, about why, why, why mess with these proportions? Why not just do like we've been taught our whole lives and do a balanced diet? Why are people trying to cut out carbs if all these things are important? Why are people trying to cut out carbs? Why are people trying to cut out fat? I don't know if there's any diets that cut out protein. Okay, most so people are just dumb and die. First off, you got to realize that all these macronutrients do important things in our body, which is kind of why we tried to explain some of these things about what they are uh, to help kind of disseminate the information that, you know, one of them is evil or bad. Carbohydrates aren't evil and bad. They do important things in our body. Um, I think people get this idea that it leads to weight loss um, and better proportion if you cut one out. But really, most of the time, all you're doing is cutting out excess calories. You know, if you give yourself a restrictive diet and say, I can't eat this food item, uh, your body is usually just going to intake less calories. There are, there are some things um, with low-carb diets that, um, as far as, like, appetite and satiety goes, you know, protein is, fills you up and you feel full longer. Same with fats. And that, that's kind of the idea of keto, the keto diet anyways. I guess it's, you know, it's more filling. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's really, yeah, a really good way to lose your appetite is to eat straight coconut oil. I do not want to eat anything after I eat straight coconut oil or there's people out eat, there eating straight sticks of butter. Yeah. That's going to kill your appetite real quick. That's disgusting. Let's never do that. We're not going to. Anyways, I, I, I sidetracked you. Sorry. That's okay. That's all I had to say. Okay. So, yeah, guys, 
basically any fad diet especially most of them are just working through what's called a calorie deficit you are not eating as much calories as you're burning so there's like I said a deficit like there is like what our country has in money we don't have enough money we're, we're spending more we're spending more money than we're making just to drag politics in randomly so we're doing the same thing with our bodies when we go on a diet my body is going to use more calories than I'm taking in that's a calorie deficit and that's how most almost every single diet works actually I'm that's how all diets work you have to burn more calories than you take in now how you feel on those diets is dependent on what you eat like Sam said proteins and fats can make you feel more full um, or just make you feel gross like if you ate straight coconut oil or straight butter even if you ate like a I would feel like shit if I ate a pound of bacon oh my gosh I eat five strips and I'm like alright I need to be done because I feel like I just rubbed it all over my face so with that let's move into some actual biochemistry so guys next thing I'm gonna do is uh, I'm gonna be explaining a little bit about how our cells metabolize different macromolecules so how how carbs get you know how we metabolize carbs how we metabolize uh, proteins how we metabolize fatty acids because we can actually get energy from all of them uh, our body's really really good at uh, being uh, you know taking in various molecules and turning them into energy very uh, diverse I guess that's probably not the right word I'll think of the word later it'll come to me after this episode anyways so I'm gonna start off with glycolysis how we break down carbohydrates so it's called glycolysis your license you're breaking apart sugars um, most of the time we start with glucose so we'll just start there so glucose uh, goes through glycolysis and it goes from one glucose molecule and goes through 10 steps 10 different enzymes break it down into two uh, pyruvic acid or pyruvate molecules and with this couple of ATPs come out uh, and a couple NADH come out as well we end up and that and that's net um, like I said ATP adenosine triphosphate is a molecule that is used by a lot of machinery a lot of proteins a lot of different enzymes in our cells use ATP to make reactions and one day we'll maybe we'll get into it a little more about why ATP how ATP is actually used but also NADH is also it, it, it's a it's an electron carrying molecule um, that can also be used to do different chemical reactions in our bodies and we'll get to that a little bit later so um, from pyruvate our body takes pyruvate and turns it into uh, acetyl coenzyme A so acetyl CoA is what I'll call it and acetyl CoA is used 
by our mitochondria in what's called the citric acid cycle. So it's it's a cycle where uh, this acetyl-CoA goes through all of these different reactions and different chunks are taken off of these uh, these molecules and used either to make FADH2, NADH, or ATP. Well, basically, it's GDP, GTP, but it's it's basically the same as ATP as far as energy goes. Um, and these uh, these molecules are then used in what's called the electron transport chain, where different ele different reactions are happening and electrons get stored up to where we can make lots of ATP. Okay, um, and, and that's just like a basic gist of from glucose to electron transport chain, okay, um, and ATP synthase. It, the, the electron transport chain ends with what's called oxidative phosphorylation, where, and that's, that's where oxygen's getting used up in our bodies, is uh, oxygen is... Uh, taking on some electrons and it gets converted into to water to to fuel this uh, this motor this ATP synthase so um, now and that's that's in the presence of oxygen glycolysis is really good because it doesn't need oxygen basically from the time you enter the mitochondria and you're going in the citric acid cycle to elect to oxidative phosphorylation and ATP synthase, you need oxygen. It doesn't work unless you have oxygen. Um, so, um, glycolysis is really good because it doesn't need that. And what happens is if you don't have oxygen present, that pyruvate goes through a couple more reactions and turns into lactic acid. And lactic acid uh, is why we get sore. There's a lactic acid buildup in our muscles. Um, when you use your muscles a lot, um, your oxygen intake by your lungs and in your blood isn't enough for with all the energy you're using. So your body just kind of stores, uh, it, it goes over to lactic acid, okay? And, uh, like I said, that's why you get sore. And this is where uh, red flag goes up number one for me with uh, the keto diet. Um, I've heard some make this claim that the keto diet is really good for uh, certain athletes. Um, I would say because of this simple fact with glycolysis and, and with athletes, how we use this uh, sugar for really fast, uh probably like sprinters or anybody that's doing like 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 my sport was wrestling not keto terrible for those sports you're not you you're not going to have enough oxygen and you're going to get what's you're going to get gassed really fast is what i'm saying because you're not going through glycolysis your body's not going to have enough energy you're going to burn through your glycogen stores and we'll get to that in a second really super fast um and like I said, you're going to get winded. So this lactic acid or lactate, when you finally get some oxygen again, 
uh, it's going to go to the liver and in what's called the Cori cycle and your liver is going to convert lactate or lactic acid into pyruvate where pyruvate can then go through what's called gluconeogenesis which is glycolysis basically backwards there's a few different steps and it's going to be made into glucose again and then since you have oxygen now you can burn through and make all the energy you need it can go all the way through okay so that is <laughs> in a gist glycolysis Cori cycle and uh, gluconeogenesis so gluconeogenesis you're creating glucose and so I said glycogen okay in gluconeogenesis and uh, there's also let's see if I can get these names right I'm, I'm not gonna touch the, <laughs> touch the names because uh, I always get them they all have glyco and and uh, whatever there's like glycolysis and then glycogenolysis anyways so and I always get them mixed up which one is which so uh, glycogen is stored in our livers and what glycogen is it's kinda like a starch where it's storing a bunch of glucose in long branched strings um, and we can use that when we run low on glucose and so your because your liver tries to keep your blood sugar level at pretty constant levels so when your blood sugar gets low uh, it starts breaking down glycogen into glucose for your cells to use and if when you have too much glucose uh, it takes it in and makes glycogen out of it and uh, so yeah now like I said that's kind of an overview on what happens with carbohydrates fructose goes through the same pathway the lactose goes through a similar pathway okay now let's go into protein now there is uh, there's proteins in your stomach they get broken down into their individual amino acids okay and well in your stomach and your gut I should say um, and there's two types of amino acids there's what's called ketogenic amino acids and glucogenic amino acids glucogenic amino acids can be converted into pyruvate and because it can be converted into pyruvate that means they can be converted through gluconeogenesis back into glucose and fill your liver with glycogen okay ketogenic amino acids can't they go straight into uh, the citric acid cycle and they go in at uh, and and they can't go be made into pyruvate okay a lot of times they're either getting converted into alpha ketoglutarate or they're getting converted straight into um, acetyl -CoA coenzyme A so there's those two places and uh, yes that's I'm pretty sure that's right um sorry I'm trying to read my notes anyways uh, so the ketogenic ones they they can't be made into pyruvate and back so this throws up the second red flag for me with the keto diet now guys you can't selectively 
eat only certain uh, types of amino acids. Every single protein is going to have, like there's, there's some that are going to be rich in certain kinds of amino acids, but for the most part, if you're eating any meat, you're getting like a pretty even spread of all of them. So, uh, because of this fact that some of these amino acids, a good chunk of them, can go be converted into uh, can be converted into glucose eventually into pyruvate and then into glucose means that you're actually probably not in ketosis if you also this is just a little side rant I know that it's a scientific term but I hate the word ketosis I don't know why but every time I hear it I I don't know. I, I want to punch something every time. Probably just the way people talk about ketosis. Ketosis. It just... I don't know. Not every person on the keto giant, ketogenic diet is like this. I have I have plenty of family members that are, you know... But... Uh, some keto people are like... They're like... They're like vegetarians or what's it, you know, like they just, they have to tell you about it. They have to be like, I'm on keto diet. And this is why you like, like I said, I know plenty, I have plenty of family members on it and they don't, you know, have to post every 30 seconds about keto. Um, but I know there's plenty that do and it drives me insane. And because of that, it almost hurts me to say the word ketosis. Um, it hurts me not as much knowing that uh, people that think they are probably aren't. Um, anyways, let's go a little bit uh, into now fatty acid metabolism. Fatty acids or fats, they get broken down in what's called beta oxidation. Okay, Beta oxidation has to do with uh, which carbon is being cleaved. Okay and which it's being oxidized, okay? And uh, like I said, these, these fatty acids, they get converted into three different things. Acetone, acetoacetate, or acetoacetic acid, or R-beta-hydroxybutyl acid, or R-beta-hydroxybutyrate. Okay, long words. I think they shorten them down when they're talking about them most of the time. Anyways, uh, most of these get converted into CoA. In, they get converted first into acyl-CoA, and then they get converted into acetyl-CoA. It's all organic chemistry stuff. Uh, I could explain it, but I don't really want to, and you don't really want me to. Trust me. Uh, nobody likes organic chemistry. It's, it's, it's not a fun time. Anyways, so um, these go straight into the citric acid cycle and then eventually through the electron transport chain, okay? And what's left over is these ketone bodies. And that's, uh, well, these ketone bodies are what's getting burned, okay? Because they can be converted into acetyl-CoA. I almost misspoke there. Um, and, and these... Fatty acids, when they get broken down, they have like this uh, this feedback loop 
where they're, uh, more is being broken down because of that. And that's what they call ketosis when you have these ketones. And, and guys, it is a state of starving. Your body thinks it's starving, which uh, I'm just going to throw a red flag. It's probably not good. Um, your par- your body does some pretty uh, drastic things when you're starving to keep you alive. Uh, interesting note, the liver cannot uh, perform fatty acid uh, breakdown because... It is missing an enzyme, beta-ketoacyl-CoA transferase or thiophorase. So, there's a little bit of that there. Um, so, yeah. So, the last thing I wanted to go over before we... If you haven't noticed, Sam's been real quiet because uh, she needed to do some other stuff. So, I was like, I'll do this part. Um, before we bring her back up here to finish this episode off... Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about these drinks, okay? These keto drinks. Um, Keto OS had one, and uh, Prove It has one as well. They have a bunch of different drinks. And, sorry, my son's making weird sounds. He's waking up. He's going to be hungry. So I better hustle. Anyways... Um, these drinks. Now, my initial thought about these drinks, pure snake oil, bullshit. And doing some research, they pretty much are. Uh, yeah, they, they contain two main ingredients, caffeine and what's called MCTs. They're medium chain triglycerides, um, basically fat and a little bit of flavoring so that you don't choke on, you know, this fact that you're, uh, drinking. It's disgusting. I'm sorry, it's disgusting just to think about it. Anyways, uh, they're supposed to get you into ketosis. And people make these claims about, oh, I feel so great, and it makes my mind super clear, which doesn't make sense because one of the main side effects of the ketogenic diet is a cloudy mind. It probably has something to do with the main ingredient in these drinks, which is caffeine. They're getting you addicted to caffeine, makes you feel good. That's pretty much all it is. I mean, the MCTs can contribute to ketosis, but in all actuality, uh, probably make you feel worse. It's just that's just my two cents on it, um, guys. Before I bring Sam back up. I'm not, now if you're on the keto diet, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to offend anybody, I mean, I, these are the facts, these next, this episode and the next episode, they're the facts of keto, you can rationalize whatever you want, um, but these are the facts, this is the research that's been done, uh, and, you know, you 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 have the freedom to do whatever you want. If you're on the keto and you feel great and you're losing weight, or whatever, good for you. And you know, I it really doesn't bother me. And honestly, if 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 there wasn't this, uh, I I've used the word already. I already lost it. This uh, dang it, 
this uh, trying to get other people to sell it for you. Pyramid scheme. That's what it was. Gosh dang it. Pyramid schemes. Anyways, if it wasn't for the pyramid scheme part of it, um, I wouldn't be so critical of it. But it is. Um, if people were just like, oh, you should try doing this. It makes you feel really good. But no, it's like they got to monetize it. They got to... They got to try to, you know, make money off of, you know, and just exploit other people and exploit other people for trying to, you know, that think they're fat and need to lose weight. And I'm not saying people don't need to lose weight. America is fat as hell. <laughs> we need to lose weight as a country, me included. Um, but they exploit this constant, like, this constant need for Americans to lose weight and Americans don't want to do it the hard way which is diet and exercise, like like ch making a lifestyle change. Instead, uh, Americans are like, oh, this magic pill keto where like I can eat as much bacon as I want and I can, you know, it'll feel great the whole time. Um, we'll get into later, that is completely not the case with keto. So, and like, I'm gonna, I'm sure I'll get people saying like, ah, oh, but I had this experience. Um... I'm, this is studies of lots of people and their experience and what the science actually says. Because, like, like I said, this is a rant, but science doesn't care about what you feel or, you know, it doesn't care about any of that. It's the facts. And that's what we're going to go over. That's what I want to do this. This is the facts of keto. So if you're on the diet, like I said, good for you. Keep going. Um, you know my opinion now. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get Sam back up here so I can end this rant. Well, guys, I, uh, I got Sam back up here, and, uh, so my rant's over. I apologize to those of you that were mentally afflicted by my rant. Uh, we'll get back to having more fun with Sam. So, we're gonna kind of talk, Sam did a lot of research for this, probably even more than I did. Uh, I was busy with some school and stuff, and Sam, this is her jam, so she wanted to do a lot of this. Um, we're going to talk about nutrition studies and how to look at them, and we're going to talk about what happens when you just do a Google search of the keto diet and why that can be uh, sucky. Take it away, Sam. Okay, so when Colton asked me to help him with this, I decided that the first thing I was going to do was to Google it because I feel like in today's age and time... Everybody Googles it. Everyone Googles everything for their information. And unfortunately, as we know, not everything on the internet is true or factual. Um, and a lot of things in nutrition especially um, are written to catch you. You know, they, they try to say something that is... Um, kind of a little outlandish, so you're going to go and read in and read that article. Clickbait. Yes. Especially nutrition, I feel like, is a topic that definitely writers write for clickbait. So anyways, I, I googled, and the first thing that comes up is Healthline, the Ketogenic Diet, a Details Beginner's Guide to Keto. Um, I did look into this quite a bit, actually. I decided, let's just go with the first one and start reading. Um, and... One thing I did find out is Healthline, it's, you got to remember, it's like an online magazine. So they do hire writers that have advanced degrees in nutrition. 
Um, but even so, they're still writing with kind of a biased standpoint. Um, they got to make money. They Yeah. Well, again, they've got to make money. They've got to bring people to the site um, with their advertisements and whatnot. So it's funny because I they, they'll link you to all these different research articles, which is great. Um, if they can link you to research that's that's helping their claims, that is awesome. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna I'm gonna look at these t- so-called 20 studies that show this type of diet can help you lose weight. Um, and I found some interesting things. And so before I really get into that, and we really are gonna go more into that on the next episode. Um, I kind of wanted to explain when you look at nutrition and nutrition research and what people are pointing out to you. You've got to look at several things. Um, first off, is the article recent? Um, so, like, within the last 50 years? <laughs> no. Within, in science and in health sciences in general and medicine, you really want to look for something within, like, the last 10 years. Um you can use older things kind of as reference to jump your research off somewhere else. Um, but overall, you really want something within five to ten years. And when I was in school, any research paper I wrote, it had to be within the last five years to be able to reference it. So keep that in mind. Um, you also want to look at the population studied. Um, so a lot of these studies I was looking at, um, you know, they studied people who had type 2 diabetes, people who were obese, people who had a specific medical condition. Um, and that's not the average Joe Schmo American. I mean, if that is you, that's a good thing. But, like like, like Sam saying, not everyone is an obese, diabetic, blind, or what, you know, just like... Blind? I don't know. <laughs> Just, you know, not everybody has the sample, is not a part of the sample that this is. I'm not saying any of those are bad or anything. I'm just saying they're not necessarily normal. Even though in America, obese is becoming more normal. Yes, unfortunately. Um, So you really have to look at the population that was studied if you are looking at actual research. You also want to look at the length of the study. You know, if somebody's pointing you, well, look at this. People lost weight, and then it was like a six-week trial. Six weeks doesn't really imitate real life. Um, so if you really are looking at a really good study, you know, they have a lot of participants and the length of time, especially for a diet study, you know, a year to two years. I found several that were that long and people stay on the diets for that long. And the findings were very different than what you found in the six week length of time studies. So really you have to compare those things. Is it like a general rule of thumb, the longer... Like, the, like, if they even went to five years, is that a better study than a two-year one? Yes and no. The thing, the reason people do shorter studies uh, is people can usually stay compliant on a diet for that amount of time. It gets really hard to follow up on people with year-long, two-year-long, five-year-long studies. There are studies out there. The reason we know that so much about cardiovascular disease is for, you know, from the Framingham's heart study that studied people throughout their lifetime. So there are studies out there that do that, um, but you have to kind of compare like how many people did you lose um, and things like that as well. So also the reason research puts um, their methods in there is so as somebody who's reading it, you can go in there and say, well, 
did they design this well? Did they design this research study? Did they collect it well? Did they collect the data well? Did they evaluate the data well? Um, you really can look at it sometimes and automatically, even if you don't have or even like a great nutrition background, you can kind of look at it, well, why didn't they ask this question? And what if? You just, you have to have kind of that questioning mind. Um, so that's just an overview of when you look at research studies, kind of keep these things in mind because <coughs> a lot of people will try to use this research and apply it to everybody when that's not the case. Guys, I just want to say as well, these things that Sam just brought up, they're actually really important. I mean, that's why even though I'm not a nutritionist or, you know, that's that's why I can do these episodes on topics that I'm not an expert in because I can read these studies. And it's nice to be able to know how to read a scientific study and to be able to be skeptical of it and to really be able to dive in and understand. You don't even have to understand necessarily what they're talking about, but understand if their data is real and their conclusions real. So, you want to go on with your Google search? Well, we can go on the next one. Sure. So, that was Healthline. Um, they basically, they skewed it that the ketogenic diet is wonderful and great. Um, and they linked, and theirs is particularly conflicting, I think, to people if they were to look at it because they do link you to research. And if you didn't, if you weren't looking at that research with a skeptical eye, you would just take it for their word when really the research is kind of, some of the studies don't even point to ketogenic diet. They were comparing something else entirely. Um, then the next one is Wiki. We love Wiki. Um, it can be a great source, but again, what, what should you look for in a good wiki page? A good wiki page will have good references. How do you know if it's a good reference? Is it a scientifically peer-reviewed reference? Whoa, whoa, what? Are you saying, like, if it... How do I know if it's scientifically peer-reviewed? How about you take that one away, Colton? Well, so, let's say I am looking to try to know if keto is good for me, I probably shouldn't look at any sources that have keto in the title, because that's immediately going to be biased one way or the other. I mean, it could be like ketosavior.com, or ketoistheonlyway.com, or isnortcoconutoil.com. So yes, definitely or keto is things like that. Anytime there's a dot com, most of the time it's not going to be good. So, I'm I'm just going to say that those are how you can tell sources. Anytime it goes to a scientific journal, I mean, that's when you start pulling out the other things that Sam talked about. Um, let's see, and say, the same thing. Another thing with Wiki. Sometimes it can be hard to uh, hard to look at a wiki topic if it's controversial because anybody can edit wiki. So you got to be careful. <laughs> More non-controversial things like uh, just regular chemistry stuff. That's just gonna be you're gonna be fine there. 
Um, but when you start looking up ketogenic diets or... Uh, most topics in nutrition. Most topics in nutrition, anything political, it's going to be hard. But um, another thing to look at is how many sources are in your wiki page. The more sources, the better, the more you can search out if what they're saying is actually true. So the more letters at the bottom, the better. What else is in your Google search? So they have a diet doctor one, which was one I avoided because it says... It's got diet doctor in there. <laughs> it says diet Anybody doctor. that calls themselves a diet doctor that isn't a nutritionist is just some moron that's trying to make money off you. Okay, then there was a Harvard University health blog, um, which I actually did go into. Um, oh, blogs. This one, though, is done by a medical school doctor. Watch out for blogs, though. Unless yes. it's by Harvard, watch out for blogs. Most of the time, those are just people with too much time on their hands. But this one actually was pretty good, and I like feel the same like... people that make podcasts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like this, this guy really pointed out um, some good points, and it's really easy for a layperson who doesn't have a background in science to understand. So if you still want to know more after listening to us, that one I actually feel like was really easy to search and... You know, it actually gave some good points. Awesome. Maybe Harvard's good for something besides <laughs> discriminating against uh, certain races getting into their schools. That's a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. Wow. That actually happened. If you didn't know, uh, Harvard just is going through a lawsuit right now because they are discriminating against Asian people not letting them into the university because they had too many people that would get in. They made... Their, uh, their academic standards had to be higher to get into Harvard on average than other races. Which is racist. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and so that was really the extent. That, I mean, I went, I saw a lot of other ones. Charlie Foundation ruled me. Women's Health. Don't listen to Women's Health. It's a magazine. Because it's got women in the title. No, because oh. it's a magazine. <laughs> And magazine sources, again, they're trying to catch you with that clickbait idea of if I say something fantastic, people are going to read it. And guys, the thing is, it's not like these people, they, they don't get paid for the content. They get paid how many people click on the website. They get paid for traffic. So it doesn't matter if everyone and their dog goes on and goes, oh, that's bullcrap. If you clicked on it, you just paid that person and even some that look like the next one down was a ketogenic diet resource it has dot com at the end and again it looks a little more scientific looks are deceiving because it definitely is definitely biased towards one way or the other so that's about it that's all you got out of google google searches can be good here's a thing that you can do that most people probably don't know is a thing google scholar you can, you Google, Google Scholar, it brings up Google Scholar, and you can go straight to scientific research and get and read journal articles straight from Google instead of having to go to some ketomomblog.org spot, whatever, and then trying to find her resources. You can just go straight to the, to the, the source yourself. What is that, uh? Tommy Boy. Is it Tommy Boy? 
Or is it black? It's Tommy Boy. <laughs> I'm going to quote this movie. Don't get offended. That. Have you not heard this, Sam? No. You can get a good look at a T-bone steak by sticking your head up a bull's ass. Or you could just take the butcher's word for it. <laughs> just had to throw that in there. Good old Tommy boy quote. Oh. So yeah, guys. That kind of wraps up episode one. Sam, at the end of this. Just midway through. What's your perception on keto? you still think it's a fad diet? Yes, and I think that we should talk about that after we do the next episode. Well, I'm just going to say I still think it's a fad diet, too. Pyramid schemes! But anyways, guys, um, in conclusion, I hope, you know, another one's coming out here pretty soon. We're going to do a part two um, where we're going to talk about the research. We're going to talk about, we're going to dissect all the things Sam's went through and the things that I've gone through. Um, I just wanted this to be a good introduction into the actual research that we went into and the chemistry. The chemistry, so you understand why these are were red flags to us in the beginning. Um, so yeah, uh, I hope you turn in next week. I hope this is a nice short, uh, it's going to be about an hour uh, right now. At least that's what Audacity said. Um, so yeah, tune in the next time to get what we actually, I'm going to kind of clickbait you, to get our actual conclusions on this. Um, I hope I didn't offend any person that's ever tried the keto diet. Um, if I did, I'm sorry. But yeah, guys, uh, let me know, send me an email what you think, and uh, I'll see you next time on Carpool Chemistry.